joyful we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melts the clouds of sin and sadness. Thank you for joining us for this program from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our program with others. Now, we take you to the service of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Well, good morning. Let's see if this works. All right. Exciting times. I am, um, it's been a great week. We had a great uh, Wednesday. Uh, for those of you who were here, you know how great our trunk or treat and devotional uh, ended up being. Uh, I think from what I understand, uh, the count was 140-something-odd people right when we had our devotional with several or a group amassing outside. And then, of course, once that was over, I think the total, I guess, I don't know if traffic's the right word, but the total foot traffic of people that we had was somewhere around 200 total people. Uh, we had uh, our neighbors across the street came by and went through our trunks. We got to interact with them as well. So that was good, and uh, it's good that we are shining our light in a positive way in our community. Uh, I also uh, want to give a long overdue thank you on Catherine in my behalf. Uh, we did not get to write all the cards we, um, that we maybe should have, but we had, uh, we're so thankful for all of the gifts we had at the shower for Lily, but then also when, she had, when Catherine had her seizure, we had lots of support. Um, lots of you checked in on her, asked me how she was doing. We had lots of food dropped by, and uh, just having our church family surround us. Thank you so much for that. I know I appreciate it. She appreciates it as well. And um, we were planning on being here as a family today, but Lily got sick. So you'll have to wait another, oh, however long it takes her to get better. But uh, she has the rhinovirus, which is just a scary way of saying she has the common cold. But um, the rhinovirus sounds cooler. But no, she's sick, but she's doing okay. And Kaysen's having the time of his life with his grandkids. And uh, so, but I think, I guess it was Friday evening, Matthew calls me. And he told me what happened with Blair's dad that had just happened that afternoon. And he said, do you think you could preach? I was like, well, um, yeah. Uh, I, I can do that, and uh, he goes, now, you can do your own thing, or you can continue with what I've been doing. I said, well, why do we have to take a hard right turn? Let's just kind of continue what you've been doing. He says, okay, and uh, then we were talking, and uh, Collins had an all-star volleyball game in Muscle Shoals Saturday, and I said, I plan on being there. He says, well, we'll talk Saturday during the game. So we had a powwow Saturday. He said, here's what I'm planning on do here's what I was planning on doing. So I had yesterday after they got home to do this. So um, but this is what it's all about being a church family, surrounding ourselves with people. Um, the, the plan for her dad was to have surgery around 10 o'clock. Uh, last I heard that had not yet started yet, but be praying for that. I think the surgery is going to be a four-hour surgery. So just pray for her dad and obviously for Blair and the family, as I'm sure they are they're all stressed, but they are thankful that it was not uh, any worse than it already is, because um, it sounds like it was a, a pretty scary incident. We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 2. 
talking about the struggle is real. That's been what Matthew's been uh, preaching on and, and exploring with us the last several weeks. And today we're looking at the struggle is real with discipleship and uh, or with being a disciple and what all that entails. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, I know our notes say 11 through 12, but we're going to back up and read verse 9. And I might even read verse 10, which is probably not on the screen. But in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, Paul, oh, sorry, Peter says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So he says, you are a chosen race. He's not talking about the color of their skin. He's talking about the calling of being a Christian, the calling of being a disciple. And he goes on to say, you know, once in verse 10, you were not a people. Well, they were a group of people, but not in this sense. He says, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So here, Peter is reminding us, he's saying, you have been called to be disciples. That's your chosen race, to be Christians, those who follow Christ. Now, what does that mean? Well, what does that mean? And, and as we look at our notes, or, sorry, as I look at my notes, as we study the, uh, these next few things, we'll see that this entails quite a lot, and some of it is scary, some of it is not easy, some of it is intimidating, but as we are in this world, you know, even Jesus, one of his last things he told his disciples was, Go and make other disciples and teach them to do all that I've commanded you. So we're not only called to be disciples, but to make others. So if we want to know, if we want to be one, and especially if we want to make more, we have to know what a disciple is all about. And as we continue reading and uh, what that means, what that expects, we can read, uh-oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. This clicker is a little finicky. First Peter 2, now we can read, our normal passage from 1 Peter 2, starting in verse 11. So after he says, you were not a nation at one point, you were not a group, now you're a chosen race, now you've received mercy, now you are God's people, he says in verse 11, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So what can we expect? What can we expect as disciples? For one, very, very simply stated, like as Peter did, he says we can expect to live as sojourners and as exiles. Now, I don't know about you, but I like having a home to go back to. I like being and saying, I am now home. When Catherine and I are on a trip, or we've been away for a while. I know maybe when our youth, we have a youth trip, uh, someone will say, well, when we get closer, or especially when we get into Haleyville, they go, it's good to be home again. <laughs> it's, there's something about being home that's comforting. Sometimes we might be on a trip, and it might even get to a point when we go, I'm just ready to go home now. Uh, nothing wrong with where I am. Nothing. I'm not, not having fun. I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. But there's something about being home. But here's the truth of the matter. This world here is not our home. 
The world we live on here isn't really home. As much as we really like Haleyville or we really like wherever home might be for you, uh, I call this home. We've been here a year now. It should be home. And, uh, but we go back to visit what used to be home. But there's something special about that, but it's not our final destination. It's not really what we should be looking forward to. And here, Peter is reminding us we have to expect to live as exiles. The world isn't going to look at it. Sorry, we're not going to look like the world if we are true disciples. If we're living as true followers of God, this world is going to feel uncomfortable. We're not going to feel like we really belong. And we don't like to admit that, you know, we don't belong. We don't like to even feel like we don't belong. But Paul in Romans chapter 12, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and purpose. Sorry, and, and perfect. So we're not to be shaped by this world except we're to be shaped and transformed by the renewing of our mind, by God, by Jesus, by the Holy Scriptures, by the Holy Spirit. And part of that means whenever we're not being conformed to this world, it's not going to feel like home. We're going to be sojourners. We're going to be wanderers. We're going to be those who are always kind of on the move, never really having a place to sleep. Jesus told his disciples, if you're going to follow me, you better get used to, you may not always have a place to lay down your head at night. Now, that was a physical thing he was telling his disciples, but it was also a very spiritual thing. He was saying, don't get used to being comfortable. If you're going to follow me, it's not going to be a comfortable way of living. John writes in 1 John 2, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. See, it's easy for us to look at the world and say, man, I really enjoy some of these things. There are things in this world that are really enjoyable. Is Peter saying you can't enjoy life? No, he's not saying that. Is it wrong to say, man, I really enjoyed watching that football game? No, of course not. Is there anything wrong with saying, man, I really enjoyed, you know, doing fill in the blank? Well, no, of course not. What he's saying is it can't be what, def what defines your life. It can't be what defines your purpose. Your purpose isn't living life here and enjoying what the world has to offer. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Our purpose is to stand out, to be set apart. You know, one of those things of when we study the word holiness, part of it really is to be set apart, to be called separate. Being sojourners and exiles means we are called to be set apart. As we go back and look at our First Peter passage, when he goes in verse 10, um, I'm sorry, verse 9, he says, You are now a people of his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness. The way of the world is darkness. And we've been called to live differently. We've been called to live above that. It's so easy to want to look at the world and try to be like the world. Uh, I tell our, our teenagers all the time, uh, we're called to be different, but we don't like to be different. But we also like to be different at the same time. You know, we don't want to all be the same because we at least want to be unique. We want to be, you know, because if we all look the same, it, it's kind of boring. But we don't want to be too different. Because if we're too different, then we're weird. But if we're too alike, then we're not unique. And uh, that's, but in the struggle with following God, sometimes it means we have to be way different. And that's sometimes difficult. Sometimes it's awkward. 
Sometimes that is a struggle, which is why this is the struggle is real. As we continue on this thought, as we go, we can't love the, the world or the things of the world, that leads us to this next expectation, which is from our main passage. We have to expect to abstain from the passions of the flesh. Uh, the NIV, which is the, 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 the translation Matthew uses, uses abstain from our sinful desires. So we have passions of the flesh, sinful desires, the struggle here, and we have to expect, if we want to be followers of God, if we want to be disciples, we have to expect to abstain from those passions and, desi and those desires. Again, that's not easy. It's not comfortable to think about, but it's what we've been called to do. Paul tells us in Colossians 3, this is what we've been called at, as we've been uh, new creations. This is, this is Paul's challenge. He says, set your minds on things that are above, not things that are on, on earth. Sorry, tongue tie there. Not on things that are on earth. We have to ignore all those worldly passions, all those sinful desires, things that are trying to distract us from serving God. Remember, the struggle is real. In order for us to be disciples, we have to accept we're going to live as exiles, as sojourners, as people who look different and act different than the world. And that means we can't participate in the things that the world participates in. And by world, we mean the evil things, obviously, right? We're not saying, oh, well, the world likes to eat food, so you can't eat food. Well, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, let's make sure we understand that. When we say the things of the world is things that are evil, things that are sinful, things that are contrary to the nature of God. And James also talks about this, about what, what it means to give in to passions and evil desires. And in James 4, he asks his audience, he says, well, what causes quarrels among you? What causes fights? Does, is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? He says, when you give in to those passions, what happens? Well, disunity, strife, anger, and they're at war within us because we know better. We know the scriptures. We know that it says to humble ourselves. We know that it says to count others more important than you. We know it says to seek first the kingdom of God, but man, I really enjoy doing fill in the blank. And we have these passions that are in us that are at war, and when we allow those passions to rule our lives, James says that's what causes the quarrels and the fights that are so unnecessary. And not just among our brothers and sisters, but among the world. Uh, it's one thing for us to be attacked, and we'll get to this in a little bit. It's one thing for us to be attacked because we did what was right. It's another thing for us to be attacked because we did something under the, the I guess, under the disguise of doing what was right, but really doing it in an evil way. And it's very possible to do that. You know what I mean by that. So what happens when we allow our passions to reign in our, in our lives? This is the, the disunity, the strife, the anger. But then Paul also tells us what we have to do to combat that. He's writing to Timothy and he says, So flee youthful passions. And, and I'm going to pause there. And I'm going to say, when we give in to passions that are worldly, we're showing our immaturity. And um, I'm not saying, oh, someone who, has, who's, who is well-aged in years is you know, doesn't have mature characteristics. But when we give in to our worldly passions, we're showing immaturity in our faith and in our dedication and commitment to Christ. 
And it's so easy for us to give in to those youthful desires. And he's talking to a very youthful man here in Timothy when he says, flee these youthful passions and pursue what? Righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Those are all hard things to pursue because they're not things that really benefit me, at least not in the way the world defines benefit. They're not the way that the world says, here's how you define success. But Paul's saying, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. All these things inspired by the Holy Spirit to say. And then he goes, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. He says, seek these things. Abstain from sinful desires. Abstain from the passions of the flesh. Flee those youthful passions that so entangle us to give in to the world. That don't set us apart. That don't allow us to then live as exiles. And I notice I say allow us. Because living as exiles in this world is our goal. It may not sound fun. It may not sound enjoyable. But our goal is to live as exiles. To abstain from these fleshly things. And then if we do this, we can expect to be persecuted. The struggle is real. If we follow Jesus, if we fully commit to him, we can expect to be persecuted. Now this is going to look different for different people. This is going to look different in different cultures. Um, there is a difference, I believe, than the persecution we see other countries facing and the persecution that we might face. Does it mean that we won't, this just keeps falling off, it doesn't mean that we won't experience a form of persecution, but there are some that will face death threats. Uh, I can remember um, there was a missionary that we were supporting in South Carolina, and uh, we had him in our bulletin, and we had kind of the country around where he was at, and we got word that we were asked to remove his name and location from our bulletin because his enemies were trying to hunt him down and were searching on bulletins online on the web. And uh, they were trying to... Now, he was in a lot of Muslim countries. He was in a lot of... Uh, in the Middle East, uh, going from country to country. But I can think of that's a different exile than we will might experience here in the States. But the, the exiles we might experience in the States is we might lose friends. We might miss out on a, on a job promotion. While we can say, oh, but that's not legal in the United States, it, it can still happen. We might miss out on being in certain socioeconomic classes. We might miss out in, in having a status that we wish to have in our community. We have to be prepared for persecution. Because when we live like Jesus, we will be attacked. You know, uh, Matthew looked at this uh, a few weeks ago in John 15. When Jesus says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Remember again, you want to be like disciples, we have to look different we have to be like exiles and jesus is saying hey if you're going to look like the world you're going to have no problems the world is going to love you accept you and just be so happy for you he says but because you are not of the world but i chose you out of the world again going back to our passage in first peter we've been called out of darkness he says because i've chose you out of the world therefore the world hates you i don't like to be hated I don't think anybody really likes to be hated. Uh, we may not care if someone likes us or not because, well, uh, there's certain people that I'm like, I really don't care what they think. There's other people that I'm like, man, I really wish they would like me. What's the issue? And uh, we get that struggle. But here Jesus is saying, listen, if you follow me and you live the way that I teach, 
the world's not going to really like you. The world's going to hate you. And if we go back to our passage in 1 Peter chapter 2, I like what he says here in verse 12. He says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. He says, be honorable amongst all people. Live like Jesus. Live like I would. Be holy. Be true. Be respectable. But don't expect no persecution. Because he goes on to then say, so that when, not if, when they speak against you as evildoers. So when they call you evil, when they call you and they attack you and they say you're doing everything wrong, he says, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. I take away from that, don't give them any reason to have a legitimate attack against you. He goes, they're going to attack you. And if they're going to attack you for doing the right thing, then let them attack you for doing the right thing. But don't give them any actual ammunition to attack you for actually doing wrong. Don't let them say, hey, look, I'm finding hypocrisy in you. Then they, then they have a legitimate attack. Hey, you're supposed to love like Jesus, and you're not being very loving. You're being hateful. Now, if we're standing for truth in a loving way, then they have no leg to stand on. But if we're speaking truth in a hateful manner, because we have hate in our hearts, that's anti-Jesus. And the world will notice that. And when they attack us, then they'll be attacking us because we did something wrong. And let's not stain the gospel. Let's not stain the truth with our own personal hatred or our own personal flaws. But let's be prepared that, hey, we are going to be persecuted, but let's be persecuted for righteousness. Let's be persecuted because we stand for truth. That's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard to do. I can tell you I've had conversations with people who, who are not believers that when certain topics get brought up and they ask certain questions, it would be so much easier just to, to not really say much, to not really stand for truth. But it would also be just as easy to lie about it and to then show this double-sidedness. Let's not give in to the world. Let's not give in to the persecution that we'll face. Let's expect to be persecuted because, after all, Jesus was. And if we're going to be and, and live like Jesus and they persecuted him, then why should we really expect any difference? So as we wrap up this morning, and we're talking about, uh-oh, I did it. I knew I did it. The struggle is real. Let's remind ourselves that we've been called out of darkness. When we look at this First Peter passage, the good news is we are a chosen race. It's not because we've done anything. We, we don't deserve to be chosen by God, but he's chosen us. We're now a royal priesthood, not because we've done anything, but because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He's the mediator between us and God now. His blood cleanses us so that we can be that holy nation, so that we can proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So today I encourage you to live as exiles. I know that doesn't sound like encouragement. It doesn't sound like something that's fun. But live as exiles so that one day we can live together, not as exiles from heaven, but as citizens of heaven. Citizens of him who called us and who died for us and who loves us.
If you need help with that, if you need encouragement to live a righteous life, uh, we all need encouragement. We can all need, use assistance. Let's walk hand in hand. Let's work and strive to do better together. But if you haven't become a Christian, you haven't been buried in the waters of baptism, to become a new creation so you can walk in newness of life, whatever your need is, please come now while we stand and sing. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. Thank you again for joining us, and please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or our podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider. Also, leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. You can also follow us on Facebook. Lift us to the joy divine. Instagram. Mortals join the mighty chorus. And Twitter. Morning stars began. For the love Be sure to join us again. And until then, remember to love like Jesus.